0: Hello, and welcome back to the Wow Podcast. I am so glad that you have tuned in today and decided to listen. And I hope that you listening will cause you to hear some wisdom from one of the wisest people that I have been able to do life with and know over the last couple of years. Her name is Katie Beth and I originally met her in a community group at Restoration Church Brian. and she is truly just the sweetest. Uh, she is very aesthetic and what you would think of just that girl. Um, I'm so excited to have her on the WOW Podcast Day and get to talk about kind of her topic that she created and it's it's called Made Without Mistake and How Resting in Jesus Taught Me to Prioritize My Holistic Health. And so I'm really excited to have Katie Beth with us today and get to pick her brain about this and get to know her story. So Katie Beth, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, hey, Ash. Thank you. You are literally too kind. Really just humbling to hear that come out of your mouth because you are the one of the wisest people that I know and you know that I've come to you for advice on many occasions. Um, (laughs) So yeah, thank you. I am so, so excited and just really excited for the ways the Lord is going to use your podcast just to bless lives because I think it holds so much opportunity. And I think in just today's world, it holds so much to be able to impact girls Mm -hmm. on just a lot of different levels.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And it's honestly, one of the things I'm constantly kind of blown away that God is like, brought this podcast to fruition because I think it has the chance to affect so many people in a way that I just honestly can't it began to express how grateful I am for the opportunity and for the platform of it so well Katie Beth I would love to know what is one piece of advice that you would tell the younger you (laughs) yeah
1: I had to think about um this a lot because I had been listening to your other episodes and I had a feeling you were going to ask (laughs) me this. I think, which it sounds simple, but if I really had to look younger me in the face and tell her one piece of advice, I think it would be to stop rushing and rest in the Lord in every area of your life.
0: Mm. I wish we could have met and you could have told the younger me that too. Now that I've kind of heard your piece of advice, I would love for you to just tell everyone a little bit about your story and what pushed you to know Jesus and kind of the rest and healing that he can provide for us.
1: So I think one of the main ways that I kind of got to learn about Jesus and rest is through what I'm currently walking through, which is grad school, which I never really thought I would be saying rest in grad school, go hand in hand, (laughs) but um, growing up, I found a passion... For psychology, and knew I always wanted to help others, and got the blessing to get accepted into grad school. I go to Liberty, go Flames, and I really love it. And that is where I found my purpose of wanting to lead others through Jesus through healing their mental health. And Mm -hmm. I got several opportunities during college to work in research labs and really get to see just the effects that mental health, I think, especially coming out of COVID and the pandemic, that just honestly, just the epidemic that is mental health right now is really sad and hard. And I think it kind of spun my wheels of like, why is this happening? Where is this? And I honestly think I found for me, the root answer of that to be that we live in a world that is not following the Lord. And even those who are a lot of times aren't resting in him. And Mm. when you have a heart made to rest in Jesus and it's not resting in Jesus, it's never going to be fulfilled. And I think that is kind of what the Lord has taught me in this season. I definitely think there's things growing up that kind of led me to that conclusion, but it's been really cool to see that in grad school getting to come to that realization But in terms of growing up, how I got to this place, I think my health journey, quote unquote, kind of started in childhood. I grew up dancing. I grew up a dancer and I love dance with my whole heart. It I wouldn't say was like my life and soul, like a lot of people who are dancers go on to pursue dance big time in college and I did dance freshman year of college, but It was always kind of the back burner because school has always been my passion. Hence, school is your passion only if you go to grad school, I think, because (laughs) signing up for that much extra school. But I did find a lot of purpose in it, for sure. And I've always loved to be active. However, I don't think I was ever really taught what health should look like. And I honestly didn't even really know, which no one's fault, but I guess I just didn't even really know, I think because of the culture of the time our generation grew up, that mental health was even really a thing, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's kind of sad to think about because we live in a society that prioritizes and kind of puts out there how important mental health is. But then at the same time, it's like, what is mental health and how do I take care of myself in a way that's number one, glorifying to God, but that's gonna put me in a position where I'm not just filled with anxiety and depression.
1: Yes, yes. And I think growing up, like I heard the term thrown around a few times, you know, at school, like, are you doing okay? And I was always like, yeah, I'm doing okay, you know, like I'm living life and I'm I'm eating and I'm I'm surviving. And I think I equated my mental health to just being okay in survival mode essentially Mm -hmm. not was I actually thriving in myself and I just never made that connection in my own head and so growing up dancing I loved it but I didn't even realize in the moment I think it was one of those things you don't really see it clearly until hindsight but it was very hard on my body image which I think this was not a unique experience of mine I think anyone who grew up dancing even to any capacity walked through this because I don't think it's about skill level I think it's just about the culture you get very used to frequent criticisms on your body
0: um that's so difficult
1: yeah stuff in dance class was always said like I can see your lunch and Just you get used to being around a lot of other girls. And especially in like those teen years, everyone's body are in totally different spots. And I learned to kind of love my body in this season for what it could do for me, because I thought, yes, I'm doing good. And I love dance and it brought me so much joy. But I never really thought about, am I taking care of me outside of that? Am I taking care of my body in terms of letting it rest? Mm. Is my mental health being okay? Like, am I pushing myself too much? Am I making sure I'm getting sleep? And I realized in hindsight that I only really poured into the areas of health that benefited the goals I thought I needed. And I think the thing that a lot of us get into the cycle of, we think our goals are the ultimate thing, but really, My goals didn't align for Christ's goals for my life and what. So I think I sat in this tension of struggling with my anxiety and surrounding my health and really just being focused on dance, kind of covering it up versus really resting in the Lord and how I kind of in my journey with anxiety led to the passion of health, because it's this really sweet, what you said at the beginning um, and um, I think it's funny that I actually get that a lot, that I'm seen as like that girl or that I have my life together, because that's actually such a testimony of <laughs> the Lord. Because
0: we definitely come off that way. And I don't
1: think it ever really sits with me well. I'm like, mm. <laughs> but that is so sweet, because that is the Lord's goodness in my life, that that is the fruition that has come out of that. Because I've struggled with anxiety as long as I can remember. I think for me, it's very just biological. I've been diagnosed with anxiety and I've always had it. And I think where I started to see that come in with dance was with my health and food. And I've never had an eating disorder and I didn't have an eating disorder. And so that's why I never really thought I would be sitting here talking about food and control and anxiety Because at that time and throughout a lot of my life, I've seen different people walk through really hard things with eating disorders and struggling with food. And I never saw that as me because I think I really Mm -hmm. play that comparison game of, well, maybe I don't have the best relationship, but they're really struggling. So, like, I shouldn't say that that's something I'm dealing with, which no one put that on me. That's just like an imposed thing in my head. Like I'm not worthy of walking through something just because someone has it worse, which that's not how Jesus sees us. That's not how he sees us um, at all. And so I think um, using food as control was a aspect that my anxiety was just externalizing itself. And that's where I really started my physical health journey was in that struggle.
0: Uh, Well, I... Uh, I know you know a little bit about me and my story and I definitely struggle with food. So I I love that we're talking about this topic and that you're just sharing kind of your wisdom on it because it's something that I know for a fact a lot of women and a lot of girls listening struggle with because it's not really talked about as much as it should yeah. be. And I think it's such a topic that's sensitive but also creates, like, it, it makes you be vulnerable, you know? It makes you step out and say like, Hey, I have trouble with this particular area. And it's an area that, you know, like is supposed to sustain you. So when you're like, Hey, I hate food. And it's like the one yes. thing that's sustaining you. It's like, what do you mean? It's And it's, it raises question in people that sometimes, you know, you're scared that they won't understand. And so thank you for your vulnerability of talking on this topic. And I'm so excited that we're kind of getting to publish this to listeners so that they can come alongside and maybe say hey I'm struggling with the same thing and come out of this podcast knowing um what's something they can do to rest in Jesus through that and create deeper intimacy with God ultimately to heal them in that struggle.
1: Yeah. And I think you really hit the nail on the head like with it being taboo and I think that's something I'm like why is it it's literally food and I think honestly as I've started to open up about it more people than not also struggle with it. Yeah. And Isn't I think that crazy? it just yes, I think it just goes to show like just our own propensity to sin when so many of something that God created that was supposed to be so simple and so good to literally nourish ourselves so that we can live. We just struggle with the aspect of controlling it. And I think yeah. it honestly comes back to just that I'm a sinner and that's something that I struggle with. Um yeah and I so like in these control issues I think I started to have to really watch the myself go through the transition of seeing food as an idol versus food as a gift and I think that is where the switch started happening for me and I honestly don't really think that happened until walking into college I think just sometimes Physical change helps us make mental changes as well, and like I said, I didn't have an eating disorder. I always ate, but it was in my head. And I think for me, like I said, that comparison to others and just believing I didn't have unhealthy habits because mine were better than other people's. Yeah, which that is not our standard. The Lord is our standard, and for me, food was an idol in the sense that whenever i felt anxious whenever i felt overwhelmed i just wouldn't eat yeah and it wasn't an act of choice like i'm stressed i'm not going to eat but i would wake up and i wouldn't be hungry because i felt so anxious and so i simply would choose not to eat until dinner but then i would eat this huge meal because i was starving and then my stomach would hurt yeah and then i would repeat that process again and again and again and i simply was okay with neglecting my body because it told me I wasn't hungry, even though I knew that wasn't right. Mm, And I didn't think that was an issue, which is so silly to say, because it wasn't an active choice. But I was neglecting my body what it needed simply because it didn't sound good to me.
0: Yeah. So I think you're kind of getting on the path of like, really treating your body kind of how the Lord would want us and treating it as a temple is something that we talked about a little bit and something I know that I just want to see kind of what that looks like to treat your body as a temple. And that's something that Jesus commands us to do. So I would love to hear just your thoughts on practically like what this kind of looks like in, in your story.
1: Yes, that is good. And let me tell you, treating my body like a temple that is a hard verse for me to swallow no pun intended there (laughs) but it is still really hard for me but that is I think biblically in the word in my quiet time with the Lord something I stumbled upon that really convicted me and I would heard it over and over again a lot of times I heard in messages in terms of sexual immorality and sexual sin and I would always read and be like yeah don't struggle with that and then I would move on yeah, and I never really thought about Paul when he writes that in First Corinthians. He's not talking about just sexual sin; he's talking about everything.
0: Yeah,
1: and so I really had to learn that that meant treating my body like a temple in the sense of eating in my physical health and my mental health. Yeah, and that my body was not my enemy, and that is really like the root of that, and then learning, kind of going into college, realizing the pendulum swing of seeing our bodies, and and I really think in our culture, there's two different, I guess, kind of diet perspectives that I see women go through and I think I mostly got this from culture is how I developed this like dichotomy in my brain
0: yeah
1: and that is shame and restriction on one end and then acceptance and complacency on the other end and I think it's still pretty controversial to talk about both um because I was definitely on the shame and restriction end where I would restrict my body from eating food all day just because I felt tired and didn't feel like eating. And then I would eat so much that I would I wasn't binging, but I was that hungry. But then I would feel shame because I knew I should have just eaten right the whole day. And then like my stomach, my digestion, like wasn't good because of it. My health wasn't good. And and then I wouldn't sleep right because I hadn't eaten all day. And that messes up your entire circadian rhythm. So that's on one side. And I think really like that traditional model diet culture of like, you need to work out this many days a so week to be healthy. We need to eat this much. But then I realized the other side of, okay, if I'm not doing that, do I just eat as much as I want and not work out and just be, yes, I'm beautiful and I'm loved? And that is 100% true. The Lord loves me regardless. But I think growing up an athlete, it really frustrated me because. I was sitting there like, Lord, if my body's a temple, how do I love it well and be okay with where I am, but also steward it well?
0: Absolutely. Because
1: it's also not mine to just sit and eat all day. You Mm -hmm. gave it with a ministry purpose. I just really hated both ends of that because I looked at culture and said, why is it one or the other? Why is that our options? Why? Yes, all bodies are beautiful, whatever they look like, but that doesn't mean that I should be doing nothing for my health and for myself because the Lord gave me a kingdom purpose where I need to be fueling that body. At the end of the day, I just kind of got so fed up with both where I realized that I just need to be looking to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to God and food, I should feed myself like a temple I should be treating my body like a temple. And that means loving it fully where it is and where I am now, but also realizing that as part of the sanctification process and walking towards the kingdom that I need to take care of it because it's not my own.
0: Yeah. That's so good. I mean, you're referring to first Corinthians six nineteen and 20, where Paul's like talking about, you know, that your body is a temple. And in Matthew six, um Jesus is talking and in verse 25 he says therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink about your body or what you will wear isn't life more than food and your body more than clothes and he goes on to say in verse 26 like look at the birds in the air they don't sow or reap or store away but yet your heavenly father feeds them and he's talking about like are you not more valuable yes. than they and this is such a good picture of how much God loves us and how much we're taking care of, but also how material that everything is. And everything has an end date, but like as children of God, we don't. Like we are his and we are supposed to take care of our body as it's serving him. And God provides abundantly, but this verse is just such a sweet reminder. And it's also something really hard to swallow as you said earlier because body image has always been difficult for me it's something I've always struggled with and so especially in today's society and the pressure of it all it's just difficult and even in Matthew 6 like a few verses before this section of worry Jesus is talking about how our eyes are the lamp of our bodies and you know what we're looking at determines how healthy our eyes are and what kind of darkness rests within our bodies and so he goes on to say from that, that we can only serve one master. You know, you can't serve two masters. And this to me is just convicting flat out because what am I looking at? Like, am I looking at women all day on Instagram that are super skinny and super fit and it's making me not want to eat? And am I serving the master of myself of food? You know, in this, he's talking about money and God as the two masters, but like, that money can be replaced. Like that's supposed to be whatever your other God is. And for me, like that God is control. It's food. It's looking, you know, at what I would want to look like. And why do I want to look like that? I want to have control over my food so I can look a certain type of way so I can get affirmation. And it's such a toxic culture. And, you know, you can just see Satan so clearly in that and just poking holes in what God is telling us we're worth. And it's just so sad. And it's something I battle with daily.
1: Yeah. And I love how you talk about the two masters. That is such a good verse. And I think something that I'm loving, I think in like, the recent TikTok culture, at least what I see, maybe the Lord has been sweet to put me on a good side of social media. <laughs> but I think there's a new health trend emerging. And it's so revolutionary. It's been never talked about before. The fact that maybe we don't have to do shame and restriction and be on that end and serve food in like our own minds' control. Maybe. We don't have to just eat whatever we want and not work out. Maybe there's balance because that's just never been came up with before. It's not like God talked about it in the Bible all over the place or anything.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I really am seeing that health trend of like, what about balance? I'm like, oh, what a concept.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and,
1: yeah, I really wish that had been there for teeny, Me, but I'm really thankful, I think, um, just with more mental health advocacy and awareness, and just also just the gift of science, because I think God gave us that. Yeah, um,
0: praise God for that. <laughs>
1: yes, just starting to, like, have that public image of, no, it's, n- like, we do need to take care of ourselves, because our bodies will suffer if we don't but also like that diet culture is really bad and like that control is maybe even worse than the other side in this idea of balance of yes like we need to steward our bodies well take care of your mental health this looks like not only like working out but also resting which is crazy sabbath and Mm. making time like it's okay to eat the cookie with your friends and it's okay to take a few days off for the holidays and go eat whatever because that is building community and those goals don't be entirely abandoned but you're allowed to take a break and you're allowed to rest yeah. and it just really brings Matthew to mind like Jesus like he is gentle and lowly in heart and he yeah. came to serve and he came in that gentleness is where I see the Lord's spirit in my life of Gently speaking, you need to rest, like daughter Christ. You're made to rest, and I think it's funny to see. Like I joke about it, but it's funny to see culture realize the balance and that that is the ultimate solution. When Jesus told (laughs) us a million times, that's the only solution to our health and to our mental and physical well-being. Like that is nothing. There Ecclesiastes says, "There's nothing new under the sun." Like God has seen. that sin time and time again and that struggle and he already has a solution to it and it is sabbath and rest in the Lord. maybe that trend coming up in culture because i think it gives the christian some gospel conversations to say well god's always meant that for you
0: yeah so kind of knowing the gospel and how jesus christ died for our sins set us free restored us and redeemed us how has this taught you to kind of pursue your holistic health
1: yeah, so kind of I guess of like that gentleness in mind like having that gospel perspective and I think it's so convicting and that has allowed me to really see myself for what I am. And that is that I'm bought with the blood of Christ, at a price. And that salvation is what makes me a daughter of the Lord, a daughter of the King. And
0: period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that it will
1: never not be a convicting sentence to come out of my mouth because there's always something that I'm like, Oh yeah. Um but I am a daughter of the king. Yeah. And I think for the Christian, realizing that, I realize like hating my body isn't gonna change my body. And yeah. like God made me. And he said he made me without flaw. Like he made me he he knew who I was before I was conceived. And I had to realize that I had to stop trying to change my body and start to change my perspective instead because that is where the fruit would flow and then my body would come after because God looks at the heart and the heart is what I needed to work on, not my body. Mm. I think if we started to realize that, a lot of our body image issues go away because changing that perspective, seeing my body how it already is, that changed everything and that made me realize the purpose that I had and it wasn't about the body on the outside at the end of the day it was about who was in inside and the actions I made to care for myself yeah. and live that out showed what I thought about myself as a person and my
0: purpose yeah. in
1: living out for the kingdom
0: that's so sweet and that's it's just such a good reminder like it's what's on the inside you know it goes back to Matthew like what you're looking at another verse and it talks about it's not what you put into your body that defiles you but what comes out and Mm that's so interesting because it's like where what is your heart what is your heart and jesus so clearly is like what is it and i'm always careful to be like "Mm, not probably what it should be you know (laughs) like there's a lot of things that uh could be better and could be focused more on you and not in my own control and sin and desires and selfishness ultimately just leading to you know greed yes oh
1: Yeah, kind of just what you said, what comes out like shows the heart. And I realized that I needed to let God lead me to just God-centered living and seeing that as a ministry opportunity. And I think knowing that the gospel has restored me, going back to your question and how that taught me to pursue a holistic health was realizing that God-centered living and allowing it to permeate just every aspect of my day-to-day. That allows my friends and my family and even strangers to see a glimpse of Jesus when they look at our lives. And I felt it was silly for a long time to say that my health was a ministry and that how I lived out wellness and that I practice Sabbath every week, or at least try to. I'm not going to lie and say that I'm perfect every week. The time cut out for my relationship, cut out for my health, how I prioritize that, that's a ministry in itself because they get to see a glimpse of Jesus because the reason why I do that is because I know that I am a love daughter of the King and that that allows me to be a more equipped Christian and to love other people well because I can't pour from an empty cup I just think there was a multitude of different exercises and just activities I started integrating into my life that changed my physical and mental health alike
0: yeah well with all that we've talked about practically what does it look like to rest in Jesus and allowing that to kind of push you to prioritize your health holistically
1: yes yes I think practically is such a good question to ask because I honestly think while I was struggling with it, I probably heard messages similar to this one. And I think we can get just really philosophical with it. But it's honestly, at the end of the day, like our physical and mental health is a very practical issue. And I think what started healing just my body image a lot was just some things that I did personally that changed is truth cards, which I think a lot of um, Christian girls have probably heard of. Um, and writing on my hands and writing on my mirror and this really helped my body image and what this looks like is finding verses that during just my time with the Lord and reading my Bible encouraged me but also convicted me and made me realize that how I was seeing myself was not how the Lord sees me yeah and so I would write out verses I would write like the citation on my hand Practice memorizing it. I would also write stuff on a mirror just to remind myself. So every time I looked at it, just that like it was not about the body that I saw, but it was about the person that I was. God. And I think just practicing affirmations, even as silly as they are, the words we speak over ourselves hold power. So I think on the days where I would struggle, just to remind myself, I might not like who I look like today, but that doesn't change the person that I am. One of the most convicting things for me. Was starting to talk to myself like I would talk to a friend. I think that's something I heard talked about in a mental health conversation one time. And it was, would you say what you're saying to yourself, to a friend about your body or about your mental health and how you've been handling it? That's really convicting for me. Gosh, As, yeah. an, enne- as an Enneagram. I was like never in a million years would I say that to someone <laughs> like that was so mean and I think for me that helped me to practically start walk, and that helped me just to walk in that freedom day-to-day whether that looked like taking a walk instead of doing a full workout practicing breathing exercises and doing yoga and stretching and just prioritizing my space little healthy ways like that to manage my fitness Really was practical in helping how I related to my mind and my body and my food and my overall health because every single little aspect is a piece to the puzzle that works in together in that balance. Yeah, and that just over years is what changed it. And it was such a small journey, and I it could be really frustrating sometimes taking. A step forward and then feeling like I took two steps back, I really found to be a struggle in my health holistically was why can't I make the substantial progress like I felt like I could in dance or in my physical health where I can just plow through all these goals and I feel awesome and I look awesome. But Sabbath doesn't look like that. And holistic health doesn't look like that. It is a slow, steady, emphasis on slow because it is so slow sometimes but it happens gradually over time and finding that rest in Jesus and community is what holds me accountable that really changed what I thought sanctification looked like which is a big theological word but I realized I really did not know what sanctification looks like which I think a lot of people um struggle with that if I'm not wrong but maybe it yeah is just
0: me. <laughs> yeah I definitely agree and Matthew 11 talks about this a little bit and Jesus is saying you know come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls and anytime that rest is mentioned, I think of this. And I also think of Psalm 23, which is, you know, a classic. And David talks about the Lord being our shepherd and how he makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us to quiet water and how God refreshes our souls. And then the Psalm goes on to say, even though I walk through a dark valley, I will fear no evil because you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And This psalm is just so good for a lot of reasons, but especially pertaining to this topic of just taking our care of ourselves and looking at God as our protector and our provider and truly our Jehovah Jireh and the person that we do everything for. No matter how dark the valley that we're facing is, if we look to God and look to the man who literally sent us his one and only son who died on a cross for our sins and then rose on the third day so that we could have eternal life with God. Like that is where we lead. Like that's the man that leads us. That's the man that gives us rest. And so just reminding ourselves of of that daily in the gospel at the end of a day, because that's what transforms.
1: Mm, amen. Isn't it crazy how just all of our problems are solved by the gospel? If we,
0: just <laughs> to we, it? Would, if we would just be obedient. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day I'll learn. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but until then, uh, we'll just stay in prayer. And hopefully, you know, that sanctification <laughs> yeah. that you were talking about earlier, sanctification is kind of the process of becoming more like Christ. And that's a hard process. It's a refinement. You know, we're like gold. We go into the fire, come out, come out more molded. And it didn't mean that going into the fire wasn't super hard, but it's what refines us. and what comes out makes us look more like Jesus. And so it's such an interesting thing to think about, but also just what a praise that we get to know a God that wants us to be more like him and allows us opportunities to become more like him.
1: Yes, that is such a good word. And I think I just really felt like it was on my heart to encourage like the girl who might be listening to this, that feels like you're in that refinement right now, like listen to this. And it's really easy for me to say kind of on the other side. Um, But like, know that the Lord loves you just as much in the fire too. Like if you are still struggling actively Mm -hmm. and that, that you are loved um, and that that is okay to still struggle and that there is just rest in the Lord and there is grace
0: for when Mm -hmm. you struggle.
1: And just, I wish someone had told me to just really just to take comfort in God's promises and hold to that on the days when it's really tough, because I still have bad days. But that's where community comes in. And that's where I'm abundantly thankful for his grace and mercy.
0: Yeah, amen to that. And this is an ongoing battle. It's not something that, you know, you just say, wipe your hands clean, like, oh, I'm done. I'm good. It's It's something that I struggle with still daily and it's surrendering that to God. It's surrendering. Man, God, I want to be selfish. I want to be in control of my food. I want to be in control of this part of my life. But would you take control? Would you do this for me? And and surrendering that to God is what what changes us. It's what pushes us to him. And so, Katie Beth, I am eternally grateful for your friendship and the way that I've just been able to watch you grow in your life and the way you've been able to watch me grow. Uh, We met each other kind of at a tough time in my engagement, (laughs) I would say. Uh, Thank God I made it to the other side of that. And I'm now married. Love, Love Michael. Love my husband. He's the best. But it was a tough season. And you just provided so much encouragement in that season. And even now hearing you talk, it's just it's so encouraging and it's so inspiring because this is a topic that really hits home for me. And so I am praying and I know that this is going to affect so many women listening that are maybe struggling with this or something different and how this practically can teach them to pursue their health and prioritize it.
1: Oh, me too, Ash. And just thank you for your vulnerability. I think I would love to see that just in more podcasts. And honestly, just in Christians, period, I said it today, just the vulnerability of opening up your life. That's something I think the Lord has always given you an incredible gift in is the ability to be authentic Mm -hmm. and vulnerable with everyone, regardless of what the outcome or the response might be. And that is just such a testimony. To how the Lord moves in your life. And that is one of the main ways I know Jesus more because of you. And I think that was one of those first things that stood out so much to me after meeting you was just wow the way she pursues jesus and pursues authenticity in her life is just something i will always look up to girl um
0: you're so sweet i'm like shedding tears almost i'm like getting emotional (laughs) but you're just so sweet for saying that because i i feel the same way about you which is crazy but it's just thank you so much for coming on the wow podcast and i hope that Everybody listening is encouraged and that they get to know Jesus in a deeper way. And I'm just so glad that you made mention of just being vulnerable because that is something I wanted to do through this podcast. I just wanted it to be accessible and normal. And it's just for the everyday woman trying to pursue God or maybe the person that doesn't really know God yet and is struggling with something like this and how they can find God through it. I just want it to be encouraging. And I ultimately want it to spur the women listening to be healthier and happier so
1: oh thank you and um also shout out remember to subscribe to the Wow podcast if you're listening (laughs) and leave it a rating and join us just in praying over it um i've been praying over the podcast and just really excited for the ways that the lord is going to move but thank you so much for having me this has been a blast
0: yes i'm so glad you joined Thank you so much for tuning to the WOW Women of Wisdom podcast. I honestly cannot believe that you've chosen to listen to my podcast and it truly encourages me all of these messages that we're getting to hear from all these women who are so wise. Give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram or leave us a review on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. I would love to hear from each of you about what you love about this podcast and what you want to see more of. I cannot wait to share next week's episode with you. And in the meantime, I love you guys so much. And thank you for all the support. Please share this with a friend that you think would be encouraged by this message. And I cannot wait to share next week's with you.